0: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School, Fright School, Horror Menorah, all of the
1: things. Hello. Joe Shalom Joshua Shalom. 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 Shalom, Shalom Joshua.
0: <laughs> boobala.
1: I like that. My um, little, little boobala. Yeah,
0: bubala I like. I call Jeffrey bubala sometimes. Bubala, my little bubala. Oh. Isn't that cute? Yeah, it's fun. It's good times. Ah, oh, Bubby. It's good to see you.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen you in forever.
0: I know, right? It's been so long since we saw each other. Oh my gosh, y'all, listen, fried schoolers, this fucking Omicron COVID
1: bullshit.
0: Uh, It's just, I'm over it. No, I mean, who isn't, right? Uh, I usually stay pretty positive and try, you know, I mean, right, like, talking about, like, the COVID thing, like... (laughs) We just have to, like, keep going. Okay, I'm glad you qualified it with what
1: you're positive No, with, about. like, the COVID
0: thing. Yeah. Like, I try not to get too, like, in the...
1: Fatalist and...
0: Yeah, but, like, uh, it, you know, it's, like, it really personally affected me this week. And it really annoyed me, pissed me off, Yeah, you know?
1: well, what happened, Joshua?
0: Well, you know what happened, yeah. because we all
1: piled up in the car...
0: Hauled it up, I filled it up all the way up with us, with all of our bodies, you and drove two hours Jimmy north, Kim
1: Squancher, uh,
0: to get to to go see the Jinx Monsoon and ben De La Creme Holiday spe- Return of the Holiday Special live at the Ace Hotel in Hollywood, California. No, in Los Angeles, California. And two hours in, we're driving, and they said, well, about two hours. Uh, they said we were us a halfway message. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say we were more than halfway there, but we were uh, still. We were in the car for yeah. a while. Yeah. And then they send a message saying it's been canceled cuz COVID got one of them. Not I don't know if it was Jinx or Dela or one of the I think it was probably one of the um
1: probably one of the performers, the
0: dancers, yeah. And they had to cancel the show. So we were totally bummed. I was so excited. I was thinking like, oh, I know exactly what we're going to talk about on Fright School for this week because we're going to see like this hilarious show. We're going to have lots of queer uh, Christmas things to chat about. And now we have nothing. We've got nothing to talk about at all. And we're just going to sit here staring at each other for uh, 30 minutes. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And you can play on your phone and we'll, we'll no, just I sit just, here in the silence. I, I,
1: I was... Uh, <laughs> i was looking speak, i just got a cancellation notice for something else that i had tickets for uh, um so stay home everybody yeah like, i know it's a bummer but
0: again we want you know we want people to be fine we want people to be taken care of and uh you know stay healthy but uh, it was a bummer because we just we gotten all dressed up. We looked so cute. I did. did you a, looked cuter. I did a cute face. You I had my cutest. gremlin sweater on. Jeffrey was wearing a matching green sweater. We had brought black Santa hats for the picture because you know there was gonna be a meet and greet, and I was like, this will be perfect. We'll get a picture and we'll like put that out there as like our holiday, you know, uh, card or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was all excited, and then it got it got totally ruined. And then we didn't take any pictures of anything. Like, I was like, we could have gone and, like, stopped to take a picture somewhere, because we all looked so cute, and it didn't happen.
1: Gosh. We could have asked someone to take a picture of us at dinner. I know,
0: right? We're all at dinner. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> so annoying. But... Uh, hopefully they reschedule. I mean, we'll see. I really kind of agree with the Sam's Grinch that like, I don't necessarily want to see this holiday show in like March or April. Like, you know, if they're going to like postpone it, just postpone it till next year. And we already have, you know, guaranteed seats and meet and greet and the whole deal. Uh, should some other variant not crawl out of the depths of hell and wreak havoc upon us? Um, which I'm sure it's like, it's the it's the plagues again, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's like frogs and locusts and what else? That's... Rivers of blood. Yes, and now and... it's like Omicron, Delta, Alpha. I don't know. Well,
1: just... I thought you were going to say like, you know, and one of the plagues is like not getting to see two drag queens perform.
0: That is definitely, I think, one of them. Yes, yes. We were robbed of drag queens. Mm-hmm. And that, it's just, that's a, a sin oh. for mm-hmm. which uh, I think we need, uh, what was it? A
1: mizik? Yes, <laughs> a, a minion.
0: <laughs> well, no, that's the minion for the people to fight it. But oh. I want to curse oh. uh, somebody with a dibuk and a golem and a mizik <laughs> and every every other kind of Jewish demon that we can uh, conjure up here and send it out there, ruining Christmases everywhere.
1: <laughs> Joshua, you're gonna get us canceled calling the Jews demons. <laughs>
0: No, that, they're <laughs> demons.
1: I know, I know. <clears throat>
0: you know, just like the Christians have their own demons, and Guam have their own demons, yeah, are called we Joes. do. Joes. <laughs> 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 Hi, I'm Joshua. I host uh, a podcast called Fright School, and this is my uh, Guamanian uh, demon co-host, Joe.
1: <laughs> I'm like some sort of Guamanian dibbick Like, just like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> who's been sucking the life out of me for five years, try, slowly replacing me with Christmas joy?
1: I know. Um, when I met you, you only you only watched horror movies, and now you you watch more Christmas movies.
0: Well, I I mean, yeah. To be fair, this will be the second year that I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. Some, it's getting to you, I know it's getting to me. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. Like, I mean, I'm looking forward to both. Uh, you know, there are some new christmas horror things that i want to that i want to try out and, and see for the first time this year but i also am looking forward to uh, some of the recommendations that people gave me so i really appreciate it. Is them.
1: there any one that you're looking forward to the most uh that eight bit christmas one on hbo max okay.
0: i think that looks really fun um I hope it's like eighties and you know, I, I enjoy an eighties type of flashback movie Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, depending of course, but uh, I keep seeing uh, people post that it was fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I am looking forward to sitting down and watching the full
1: um, Chevy chase one. Oh, um, uh, Christmas vacation. Yes.
0: Yeah. The national Lampoon's whatever Christmas vacation. Um, Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one and let's see
1: christmas 2021 there it is uh
0: somebody said the polar express was kind of creepy i don't know
1: it's the uncanny valley of it all because they they just look creepy okay well i'm
0: looking forward to seeing that
1: as well because i've never seen it
0: uh and yeah if it is kind of unsettling or weird that'll just add to my delight i'm sure so, yeah, so those are definitely the ones I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I am also looking forward to rewatching the Christmas special, the Jinx and Bendelacrems uh, Christmas special, uh, holiday special, whatever the hell it's called. Because uh, I only watched yeah. it the one time last year. So, I do kind of want to make that like a, a yearly watch. Yeah, And I'm not all that interested in what is it single all the way? I guess it's like oh, Netflix yeah. um, big queer Christmas
1: thing this year. Not really looking forward to that either.
0: Yeah, so I didn't even put it on the list. Although I did see a behind the scenes with Jennifer Coolidge and Captain Jimmy, Najimi. Uh, they're I, are they sisters or something in the movie i can't remember but they whatever like they they're in it and uh the behind the scenes video was hysterical and just made me want to like turn it on and then just fast forward to all their parts i <laughs> just stopped
1: i think it. Kathy Najimy plays the um she plays the mother uh, yeah, of, of the, main, the guy, main guy yeah which uh, like you know no offense to michael yuri but like you know michael yuri took the took that job away from some other probably better suited queer <laughs> let's be let's be quite frank folks i have no idea what that means i i don't I, I haven't watched it but from what i see from the trailer i'm just like oh this could have been someone else uh been so much better. you just aren't happy with the casting i'm not happy with the casting no. but he's gay the he is actor. gay yes oh, okay. both of them are i believe oh, okay
0: yeah because it's like about two friends that go back and the ones like just pretend we're boyfriends that way everybody will like lay off of me and mm-hmm. stop trying to match make me and then what they fall in love
1: probably yeah, i mean that's I, what i spoiler imagine. alert everybody yeah. i don't
0: know but so, i mean c-
1: what else chances is gonna are happen? good chances are you good know?
0: he's gonna meet a girl and uh, marry her and you know go back to straight land and so there's, gonna will be be a, happy. Uh, there's
1: gonna be a there's gonna be a thruple <laughs> um, someone's gonna end up in conversion therapy yeah
0: uh oh awful uh, yeah, but that's just how I imagine it's gonna go. Like, let's pretend we like each other and we're boyfriends, and then oh my gosh, I realized I've loved you my whole life.
1: Or one of them, I think it's one of them actually has been in love with them. Oh, for his whole life. I'm not sure. I don't know. All right. And the other one just has to realize
0: it through Christmas magic. Yeah. And
1: Jennifer Roma Cool-ish. Downey shows up, yeah. and you know, oh,
0: <gasps> where is she actually? Where Roma the Downey? fuck is Roma Downey? Roma
1: Downey's off like with Mark <laughs> Burnett supporting Trump. Oh, really? Yeah, Roma Downey and Mark touched Burnett. By, that's Touched by an Angel yeah. Lady. Yeah. Roma Downey's married to Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett, who, like, produces Survivor and wow. all those things. And he and The Apprentice. And he's the one who has the tapes where Trump says the N-word and won't release them.
0: I knew that Touched by an Angel was bullshit.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, you in trouble, Angel Girl. Wow. Well, when hey. you walk... Down the road,
0: yeah. When you
1: uh, goose step down the road with (laughs) your everybody on, sorry, we're keeping all that. Uh (laughs) Lord. Uh what else? Um.
0: Oh well, I did. You know, my birthday was this week, so I celebrated. Thank you. There was lots of lovely birthday messages from friends. You look great for four thousand years. Thank you. I work at it. You know, I do. I really try. And as we talked last time, my yeah. adrenochrome is working exactly. Uh, yeah, what was I it love like telling to celebrate
1: people? your birthday in the Obsidian Empire, Joshua. <laughs> uh, wouldn't you like to know?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I miss more. I miss Caligula's parties. Those were really something. <laughs> we just we just can't get down that way anymore. You no, know? It's so unfortunate. <laughs> Uh um It is funny though, to, to, to like, I, again, I don't th- like, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, I'm so old. Like, I just turned 37. Like, that's not old, you know? But it is funny how people do jump to like, no matter what you say, like, oh, you don't look that old. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, you look good. Like, uh, okay, whatever. Like,
1: it's the no, eyeliner. You, you do look 37.
0: Thank um, you. I appreciate that, Joe. <laughs> that's, yeah, we, I'm going to start doing that to people just see what happens. <laughs> somebody's like you know oh i just turned 40 like oh that tracks yeah i would have
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> see how many friends i can alienate
1: <laughs> I, so for it's, i've been thinking a lot about birthdays um and, and and my birthday's like in april so i don't know why i'm thinking about about birthdays but um it's fascinating because like in the in like the my late 20s I just kept thinking that, like, I feel 35, like, I feel 35. And now that I'm like 32, I don't feel, I still kind of feel 35, but I feel like I'm going to be stuck in feeling 35 when I'm like 40. I don't know what that means. Like, why did you think you felt 45 or 35? I, I don't know. I just felt that. Well, I think it's, I think part of it is also that, like, a lot of my friends at the time were older as oh, well. Oh, I see. I see. So they were in their 30s. And so. I don't know if maybe that's just going to tick up so that when I turn like 35 I'm going to feel like I'm 40 because they're all 40. But yeah, I have no idea because
0: you're right. Like I think about that too. Like all my friends are like 10, 20 years older than me. Like my my like closest friends, you know, when I think about it in my life, a lot of them are 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 much older besides you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so more I think like what am I going to do when they all die and I'm just alone? No. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, you think you'll outlive them. I know, right? Yeah. Especially <laughs> in this, this life. I know. Not if I have anything to say about it. Ah, uh-huh. uh, exactly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, my point was not to discuss birthdays necessarily. It's just that I did have a birthday this week. So, of course, I yeah. went out. We, uh, Jeff, a, uh, uh, you know, big Bigfoot buddy of mine, uh, <laughs> took me to Korean barbecue. And that was very nice. Barbecois. I ate a lot of food. And then I went to see Trailer Trash Tammy. That's a mouthful. Trailer Trash Tammy, uh, a.k.a. Chelsea Lynn. And uh, Libby Higgins, a.k.a. the McRib Lady. Excuse me, lady. Uh, And it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. And I hung out after the show for a long time, like just chatting with with Libby Higgins. Uh, She's so funny. I wish she lived here too, because Chelsea does now. She moved from where, whatever state she was living in. Mm. Uh, she moved to, uh, near here, Escondido. Uh, and I, I wish Libby would move out here too. Cause it'd be really fun to like run into her out and about, uh, you know, I would I would love to be friendly with her. She uh, was in uh, Full Moon feature, so I, we've not really watched any movies from them. <laughs> uh, although I really want to show you Puppet Master, like the Puppet Master series. Not all of them, but at least the first one, and maybe Demonic Toys. Uh, so they rebooted the Demonic Toys franchise with this series called Baby Oopsie, uh, and which is about a you know a killer doll. And Libby Higgins plays like the woman who like finds her and brings the doll back to life, resurrects it kind of thing. And it goes on a killing rampage and then she has to stop it. And so it was, they did two episodes so far, but she told me that they're going to do more. So we had fun like just chatting about horror and she's another person who doesn't really like horror. And we've heard this from actors and actresses that we've, um, Uh, you know, seen in interviews and people like we know that we've talked to, that's like, you know, well, yeah, I'll be in a movie, but I don't necessarily want to watch it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was kind of fun talking to her about that, her experience making that, that, that movie. And she said it was written for her, the guy who wrote it and works there just is a big fan of hers and wanted to give her work. And I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. You know, very great. So, you know, I was able to, you know, talk a little bit about horror. I would love to reach out uh, to her and uh, try to get her to come on the show. I think that'd be really fun
1: but as the character
0: i mean whatever we can do but just to talk to her but she was really interesting just to chat with like she had a whole career as like a um, like a special education teacher before she quit to like go into comedy uh, full time and so she's been touring with with Tammy uh, Chelsea Lynn and uh, yeah it was it was really fun it was a it was it was a pretty fun night overall uh, i will say that the club I, I, I don't know we talked about this in the car where I was kind of expecting a little bit more of a queer uh, audience but it wasn't it was a, it was very very straight and very drunk
1: well I mean when you do white trash comedy right <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, that's true know.
0: yeah but uh, it was it was a very good way to spend my birthday and I'd been wanting to see Libby again because I'd seen her here at Martini's above four three years ago oh R.I.P. I know. <sighs> it makes me so sad. I miss that place. I guess they're going to reopen, but it's like new leadership or management or wh- however they say that. But... Um, uh yeah, I'd seen her there a few years ago and actually Tammy was in the audience. She had, by that time she'd been doing like her YouTube videos that were pretty successful, but she hadn't yet done like stand up and so it was fun to talk to her and see her again because when I saw her at that show 3 years ago, uh, you know, I asked her I was like, "When are you going to do like a live show and get up there?" and it's like, you know, I was like, "I'd love to buy tickets to your show." And she's like, "No, I'm never going to do that. Like I, it makes me very nervous. Like I, I just the thought of doing stand up like makes me want to throw up and uh, so obviously something changed and uh, now she's been able to do like a full tour under her own name uh, you know doing it I thought that was super cool. It was neat to have that come around
1: I'm always wary uh, weary wary 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 thank you I should read more um I'm always wary of folks who have like internet characters mm-hmm. that end up doing stand-up or do yeah. some sort of thing I think it's just because sometimes that humor may not translate or like right. they're not doing jokes so like what are they gonna do when they get up there right and I know it falls under sketch comedy and character work which is you know all really valid uh, valid forms of performance but like when I don't know I, I as someone who like is a huge stand-up comedy fan and I like jokes I like people who who like are standing up and doing um doing a full set of stuff it's i'm always wary of people who are internet people who do right also because we may have talked about this on the show there was like in um in the last five years there was i think it was just for laughs montreal there was like a guy who got up there and he was like he was some sort of like comedian who did only internet characters and he was uh he was not kind to the other people there and um or he was just like he was just terrible like he, he he really didn't have the chops that they um to actually go up and do stand-up and the other comedians like you know rightly so roasted him for it because of that and he ended up saying some really racist shit and all that stuff but uh, i mean i'm not saying that that's everybody but like it's i'm always curious about people who Especially festivals and stuff who boost people who don't have like jokes but have characters, unless it's like something completely absurd or around the show of the character. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. It has to be like written and yeah, it, it is a specific kind of comedy and whether it translates, you know, and that's the thing. Like, so Libby, like, she didn't do any characters. She has characters that she does in videos and stuff with Tammy, but she was more like doing stand up. Uh, When I first saw her, she did part of this show as Carla because that's Carla Higgins is the name of the the McRib lady character. So if you, you know, I'm sure most people have seen it, but, uh, you know, that went viral a few years ago. So she had done that. But this time it was pure Uh, just stand up for her but Tammy definitely and that's something that Chelsea Lynn like the woman behind the character will have to figure out like if is she gonna do this for the rest of her life and be like a Larry Mm -hmm. the Cable Guy or Jeff Foxworthy we kind of talked about that like sort of these Mm -hmm. uh, although I guess Jeff Foxworthy is not necessarily a character
1: but Larry the Cable Guy is but he's doing a character and he has jokes
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and this is kind of like her thing was was a mix of that Um, it, it was definitely but she also was telling You know, it was sort of interesting because she told a story about just a really, it was so gross, um, (laughs) event, that I think if she would have told it like just as herself, it probably wouldn't work as well. Like, it's that kind of like, um, uh, you know, almost like the Jerry Springer kind of effect, where when people are doing this kind of stuff on television that's really trashy and we're like, oh, this is so funny or blah, 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 blah. But if it just, like, happened in your neighborhood, you probably wouldn't be... It wouldn't be funny, maybe, you know? Or, like, when stuff happens to celebrities, it, like, amplifies the experience of something, like... Mm oh, this is, like, so g- glamorous, or this is so, like, oh, it happens to celebrities. When it's like, well, no, I mean, you know, like, this just happens to ordinary people as well. So she kind of told a story that was, like, gross about um, a-, a sexual incident between her husband and her uh, <laughs> that went really gross. And But I guess it was a true story from her life that she, like, it, it was made funnier because of the character being this, like, trailer trash mm-hmm. thing, You know, so I don't know. It just depends. I guess if she can stay on that track of translating like the things in her life through this lens. And I mean, the audience was crazy. I mean, the shows were sold out. It was pretty like packed and people were really into it and in on like the whole thing. But I think you make a really good point. You know, yeah, like, I, w- what is the line between, like, doing a character? Like, drag. It's very drag. And actually, I talked to Libby about that. We talked about drag and about, like, how what she does is kind of a form of drag. And, like, what Tammy's doing is drag. Like, Pee Wee Herman or Alvira are these sorts of people that are... Um, or, like, we talked, I think, a couple shows ago about, like, Rob Zombie and Alice uh, Cooper, like, mm-hmm. being, like, drag characters, almost, in in a way.
1: I-, I was gonna say, I'm I'm just hesitant to share that opinion because because I don't want to be the person I don't want to be fucking Ridley Scott saying that like, you know, everybody is sucks for watching movies on their phones and at their TVs and not in the movie theater. And like, it's not right. me. It's you who's mad. Like, I'm not saying that. I think that because there's plenty of like, like I love people who do character work and I love, and I love that, but I think it's so specific and it, it has it, such a specific place and the people who were getting who are coming to see those people on the on the stage it's a combination and please correct me if i'm wrong because you were actually there but like i feel like sometimes what i hear is that it's a combination of like do the same character um and it's also like you know people who want to see more but but they're famous for a reason and so like it it's a gentle balance plus i mean for me i always look at like I, if i love a comedian and i go see their show like sometimes the people who are there with me really make the experience and make me kind of frame how i view myself as someone who consumes that kind of um that kind of media so it's really fascinating to see to hear like you expected a queer audience but then to go in and it's like oh it's very it was a very not queer space and yeah very yeah. cis headspace. Yeah. And that might just,
0: again, be, have been my, you know, interpretation. I mean, there were yeah. several gay people there, but it mm-hmm. just, you know, there was a few lesbians and there was, um, you know, a few gay men. I just thought there'd be more queer people in the audience for some reason. And again, I don't know why. there's a queer
1: sensibility to it, especially because And it's I like, think
0: also because I'd seen yeah. it at Martinis. Yeah, you
1: yeah. You know, yeah.
0: the first time. So it's like, I just kind of thought like, well, if she's playing there, maybe she has like a queer draw. Yeah, you know? a queer so following. So I figured that would kind of be thing but again it doesn't really matter I mean that I guess that's not I don't I say that just as my own expectation it's really not meant mm-hmm. to like make a comment on like anything really I guess I just it was something that I, I noticed while I sure. was there I was like oh man I thought there'd be more you know it's like woo. I'm in a very very straight space which I'm not in that often either to be honest like yeah. when i think about you know it's like i don't really go downtown and go to these comedy clubs and see you know, like they it's a very uh like the crowd is just you know it's a different crowd you know but they're having fun and they're enjoying themselves but they just uh you know it's not it wasn't my usual experience because when i go to comedy shows it's like i go and see like maria bamford well she also has like a, a pretty big queer following and when yeah. we go it's like a lot of us all go together um or like Janine Garofalo and I saw her, like she's got a very queer audience. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times the comedians and people that I see, either they're women or, um, or they're like part of the community. So of course they have that draw or they're, um, well, like I said, they're women who mm-hmm. <laughs> of course draw gay men. <laughs> uh, at least the, you know, these particular, particular uh, women that I follow. So, I don't know. I mean, overall, it was really fun, and you're right. I mean, they're famous for a reason. People are following them, but yeah, I, I can see how they c- could, like, get trapped. But again, it just depends on how they handle it.
1: Yeah, and you good know. for them and their success. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're obviously if, happy. They were selling yeah. a shit ton of merch. I yeah. I mean, it was just like, yeah. Yeah.
0: they did. Uh, they did quite a business, so, as did the club charging a million dollars a drink, so... <laughs> And these people drank. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were buckets of White Claw everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, it was definitely a rowdy crowd as well, the 10 o'clock. It was later in the evening. So, Mm -hmm. a lot of people came. They showed up drunk. So, there was also just a weird vibe at times, but overall it was a fun time yeah. it was a, it was a good way to spend my birthday and I'm really really glad I got time to like just hang out and like chat with her and awesome uh, I was one of the last people to leave the the club
1: well look at you look at you making friends everywhere I
0: know yes and then I stood outside in downtown forever waiting for a car to pick me up
1: <laughs> the other downside of going to stuff in downtown right yeah people kept canceling
0: on me they were just like no <laughs> we're not going down there it's a mess yeah <laughs> Um gosh, I, I I guess that's probably all the news that's fit to print. Yeah. So they say.
1: Yeah. And uh, stay safe, everybody. As safe as you can. I mean, yeah. you know, keep do washing your hands. Wash keep your masking. hands and you know, do do what you feel is correct for you. Um again, like everyone, I think we're at a point now where I mean, I don't know. I say this, but there is plenty of people still taking risks unnecessarily. But, like you know, if it doesn't feel right in your gut, just pull the ripcord. Like there you are go. not going to feel good being there, thinking about Omicron and COVID and all that yeah, stuff. Then yeah. just don't we go.
0: Validate. We hear yeah. you. We you hear you, go, and we
1: validate go. you. Have the hard conversation, and just know that at the end of the day, like you, you can't. You can always wish you did more, but you cannot. Um you you can't take back what you know you can't take it back so like it's okay to miss something in order for you to survive to see something else. I agree. So yes.
0: Amen
1: to that. That's a good
0: it's a lovely place we're being affirming, validating. Yeah. You know, I dig it.
1: Yeah. All I right. say that as I sit here with Joshua in person. Right. Um but again, like you assess the risk. Mm-hmm. do what you need to do to feel safe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're not in any more danger than you usually are when you're here.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know? I mean, that's true. Gotta I give it,
0: Got to give that
1: credit. I know yeah. where, <laughs> I know where the things pop out, where you the know? things are hidden. Yeah. Uh, I know to <laughs> make you sure that you sip the drink first before <laughs> I sip the drink.
0: Alrighty. Well, we will be uh, right back to discuss 2019's of the vigil.
1: From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. Joe. Uh, We didn't talk about this. I know. Um, So I saw our dear Professor TJ, um, who, like, first of all... (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was so st- <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry dear listener. We um I have this back scratcher and I'm poking Joe with it. It's
1: <laughs> No, no, no. Hold on. No, it's a back scratcher. That's a hand. That's a claw. <laughs> yeah, it's a claw. And he like I'm talking and he just goes and rubs my belly uh, like and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs>
0: Well, you're going to talk about your claws. So there you go. There's a claw. I I
1: was like, I was like, Uh, Jimmy, is that you? Uh, I'm like, (laughs) uh, anyway. I'm so weird. So I saw our dear friend, Professor TJ. Yes, um, Professor We Teach. finally saw each other in person after almost three years of not seeing each other. That's so amazing. And we had a nice ladies afternoon. We, we went and we got our nails done. I had my nails painted for the first time. Yeah. Do they look nice? They do. They
0: look very nice. What
1: color would you say this is, Joshua? I well, don't know. in this
0: light, it's kind of black, but it's like a blue-black.
1: Blue-black, greenish, almost yeah. like a jade- kind of like well, shine no, the light jade. shine the light well not like oh. like a dark jade it's you like know? a
0: deep yeah or like a um, oh my gosh I don't know what I would call that I guess yeah maybe like a deep deep dark jade
1: yeah. emerald emerald maybe. maybe like an emerald or like a peacock we'll post a picture and you can set you can decide listener yeah, i think the light the lighting would uh
0: make an effect but yeah it's like that peacock green
1: yeah and this is something that i did because my nails were looking ragged and we were gonna go see a show and i wanted to you know i wanted, <sighs> wanted them to, to bring re- a little bring, drag you like know? a little draggy. because if you're not if you're not doing nails yeah if you're not, you're not wearing not nails drag, you know not doing drag yeah all right. Uh, what are we well talking about?
0: <laughs> uh, we are talking about 2019's "The Vigil," uh, <laughs> continuing our uh, our our jaunt into Jewish uh, tales of horror. Yes, fright shul. Fright shul. Yes. Uh, so this is written and directed by Keith Thomas, who is uh, a Jewish person. He just doesn't yes. sound like it. He said in interviews, his 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 name doesn't usually. Uh, you know, I guess scream Jewish to people. No, but uh, he is—he is a Jewish person. And we've got Dave Davis starving, starring—not starving. Well, I mean, you know, maybe I guess spiritually spiritually starving. starving guess, yes, in this, in this film. <laughs> uh, Manasha Lustig, Malky yes. Goldman. Um, oh, what is it? Lynn Cohen. Yeah, Lynn Cohen. Who she actually died in 2020, oh. February of 2020. She's in uh, Krampus she's the grandma in krampus yeah, isn't she yeah that's yeah. where
1: that she looked familiar and she's also
0: what is it meg or mag in um the hunger games what's her name
1: mag oh Mags. she's the oh wow she's yeah. I, that's why she looks so familiar
0: yeah so she's uh yeah been in some other things uh oh i guess she was on sex in the city as magda uh, she
1: was Magda.
0: I, yeah, I didn't watch. Damn, this lady's I just, worked. I just saw it. Yes, she has. She's worked since. it uh, Looks like eighty three was her first.
1: Magda was like Miranda's nanny. Like, oh, so Magda like huh. was her was her nanny for Brandon. Miranda's? Which one? The bre- the redhead, the the lesbian. Oh, okay, yeah. Cynthia Nixon. Yes. Okay. Which apparently they're kind of hinting at in this new incarnation. Of Sex and the City, because there's a queer character on it. Uh, and that's having some stuff with, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to retcon Cynthia Nixon's character to be, you know, some sort of queerness. Who knows?
0: Didn't uh, Samantha, wasn't she gay for a second? She was a
1: little bit, yes. Yeah, she
0: like had an experience and then went back to men. I remember the, the critique. Uh, all right. So back to what we are talking about today, which is the vigil. <laughs> That's yeah. a reminder. Uh, so it's about, um, you know, little uh, Yakov. Yakov uh, Ronin. Ronin. He has recently left uh, the, uh, you know, a very orthodox, ultra-orthodox uh, Jewish community. Uh, he has he's left it, and he's kind of like pulled back in with one of, I'm guessing, one of the leaders. Uh, what was his name? Rebbe. Rebbe Shulman. Yeah, Reb Shulman. That's Menasha Lustig. Um, he asked him to come and be a Shomer for them, which is a... Uh, you know, we're, we're getting so educated up on, like, Jewish uh, things. I guess this is really part of, like, the Orthodox community. Yes, this is more... more like yeah, secular this is more Jewish People do this, but uh, they have someone sit with a recently deceased body, like overnight to like keep it protected, keep watch. And, um, I don't know if that's part of like, sh- they never really talked about like a Shiva experience or anything like that here. But I guess this is, but this is like in the immediate aftermath of the death. So they sit with the body. This is the person called a Shomer, uh, and shomer shomer, And so the person who's supposed to do it, bailed for some reason. I don't know why <laughs> until we start watching the film. And so, uh, it's also can be, uh, traditional to, uh, hire, to pay somebody to do it. So, um, Yakov is uh, pulled back in by this community to to because he needs the money as most things out mm-hmm. of desperation. Uh, just when they thought, just when he thought he was out, right? They pulled him back in. They offered him some cash to watch a dead body, and he's like, "Hey, fuck it, I might as well." And uh, you know, uh, things happen. That's that's what, what that's what the movie. That's what happens in movies. Yeah. Things. Uh, Joe, what did what did you think of this?
1: That's what happens in movies. Things. Things. <laughs> Um yeah w- the movie was uh movie was an interesting watch. It's always um it's always fun to w- watch a movie that is very specific in it like the cultural act that is happening. Um
0: that's true. Yeah, this is very specific. Yeah.
1: Um Oh, so, it's also
0: Blumhouse. I think I forgot to say that. Oh, it's yeah. also, oh, yeah, well, Blumhouse you know. and distributed by IFC Midnight. Nice. Uh, but sorry, go ahead.
1: It's just, it, it's interesting to watch uh, something that's so specific to a particular culture, particular people, um, and to see how it translates, right? Yeah. Because, like, to us, uh, as, you know, the Goisha people, like, we, you know, us, we see it as, like, a more of a ghost story than anything, like, a you know, a supernatural um yeah i think that's the intention overall in general but yeah. like i wonder i'm really curious and hopefully if we ever meet someone in the future that wants to come back and talk about this that is from an orthodox tradition oh yeah i would really like to know their thoughts on this as well too yeah because there's the nuance there that like you know you sometimes you just don't you're not getting and I, that might have in. I feel like knowing that nuance, it might have made me appreciate the movie more. Yeah. But other than that, I thought it was fine. Like I, you know, I won't watch it again. Um, I'm glad something like this exists because it does give me hope that like other more very specific things from like my culture, adjacent cultures, can also be um, turned into can be exploited for it, horror films. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That we can use them. That's as how vehicles. we know we made it. Yeah, it's exploitation. Um, but but it, it, it kind of reveals in a certain way, and so right. And I'm I'm a firm believer in the idea that like the more personal something is, the more universal the story can be. Yeah, 100. I do I do agree with that. Um, I think that this is an example of that. Um, but I would have loved to know know the nuance. Like you haven't seen it yet, but like there. There are some things in squid game like when they're talking about like the language that's used that are not coming out in the translation. So there's like little little things that add to like more of the texture and the nuance of the storytelling that is not available in the English language to convey. Right. And so I feel like with this there, I think it's similar, but in the sense of like culturally I would have liked to know what it meant. Um but yeah, I mean overall I thought it was I thought it was a fine film. I was trying to find wasn't there a um
0: oh yeah, unorthodox. Right? Isn't that it? Yeah. This uh, about leaving about leaving the uh, the Orthodox uh Jewish community. Mm-hmm. It's uh mini-series. Uh I kinda wish I would have watched that first, um, you know, or had a little bit more context, like you're talking about for like you know what it kind of means to leave like a place of such um, like tradition and something where because I've watched like I, is it called Breaking Amish or yeah, yeah 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 so I watched that and that was really fascinating again kind of the same thing um, it, I, I, idealistically like a similar situation where it's like you know you've spent you know seventeen eighteen years living kind of cut off from the world because like I mean when we meet Yakov like he doesn't even really know how to use a cell phone like he's learning he had a paper handwritten resume so he couldn't like find a job because he doesn't really use computers and um, he's with like a group of people and they're all kind of like ex I mean I'm guessing ex Orthodox members and, uh, you know, they're kind of talking about how they wish there were classes on like basic, like living, you know, functions in, in, the wor- in this world because they're, you know, sort of cut off. So there's, um, I think there's some similarities in, in having watched that, but I wish I would have seen that unorthodox series just because it's so, um, it has to be incredibly difficult to make those choices and leave. And for some of those people, it's like, you're leaving your family, you're leaving everything you ever know have known each to like go out into into the world and so obviously that's uh, a big discussion happening in this film
1: yeah absolutely
0: and that I think you're right is kind of like maybe if we had a better understanding but again I mean is that sort of the <laughs> the nature of a of a community like that is that like we don't know
1: it's insular it's, for it's, a reason, yeah for
0: yeah it's like in yeah <laughs> insular exactly
1: I, I just think it's also like uh, one of the things that i just couldn't wrap my head around it's like okay you have yakov who like left right and right. and is kind of fallen into a support group of similar people who have left and the kind of the implication when um reb shulman shows up outside of the meeting is that like they they have a history of like harassment like there's a history of yeah of people from the orthodox community coming and harassing this group the support group of people
0: yeah or or something yeah. like trying that trying to right? pull them back in like cuz that like yeah it was very ominous when he looked out the window and he's just like standing there like looking up and like one of the guys was definitely I think sort of like an underground railroad type of deal. (laughs) Like, you know, that kind of like idea. Cause he goes out, it's like, you know, I'll call the cops on you. Like I've told you not to come here and bother our, like our people, our members, like bother our membership. Uh, So yeah, I imagine it's probably some kind of like word of mouth community almost like, Oh, you want to get out? Like, we'll help you. We'll, you know, you come into our group. We'll, we'll do our best to help you. Learn and make it in the world beyond you know, obviously your family and friends and a religion and leader everything everything you've known. Uh, yeah, there was definitely that sort of yeah threatening presence in Red. Yeah.
1: So like with so with that right. So if that if that's kind of something that we've briefly can infer is that like he's there to kind of bring them back. Like why. i I guess maybe i just answered my own question but i'm just like why would you if if this is such a holy task right because because reb also says like you know this is a holy act this is you doing something holy makes you closer to the community why also at the same time like would you trust someone to to do the right to do a good job something that is so holy but has like left the community right like i i don't know maybe that's the catholic in me because it's like if you're not pure you can't receive so it's like within this regard it's like okay well he doesn't he's left the community he's left behind his beliefs and to some extent why would you trust him to like you know recite the psalms to protect the soul and comfort this the the dead body yeah. you know
0: well i think there's a couple things going on because obviously you know we see some of the men in the in the in the group it's not that they've abandon Judaism. It's not like they've left that. It's not like the recovering, like Catholic idea or like other, like when we've seen these in Christian constructs of like totally abandoning their faith and getting out, like they obviously are still like, you know, practicing their faith. It's that they don't want to live such constricted lives or there's something else going on that we're never really informed of. So I think there is part of that where, you know, they, it's not as if he's against, participating in his faith. He just doesn't want to go back and be, you know, in the system of it all, Mm -hmm. I, I think. But also it depends on like how we're looking at this movie. So when I went and was reading interviews with the director, because I think, the big cognate for this film, I think, is like The Exorcist. Like this is a demon mm-hmm. film. It's not like a haunting. It's it's you know it's about a um, a, a specific a mazik, uh, which is a, a a a specific type of demon uh, in the um, Talmud. Uh, kind of like you know we've talked about before with the golem, and we've talked about the dubuk. Uh So the mazik is a. Specific demon, invisible demon, uh, which are uh, what was it? Damagers or those who harm? So it's generally understood to mean harmful invisible spirits that a person could encounter in daily life. Um, you know, and this particular one latches itself onto like guilt and pain. So when I was reading interviews with the director, he said that in Christianity. And a lot of films that are Christian that deal with these sorts of concepts. We talked a little bit about this back when we were doing our like whole thing on like the devil, and we talked a little about like the c- Christian concepts. Um, but a lot of times Christianity is about heaven or hell, like punishment. You know, you, you do something bad, you're going to go to hell. There's like it, the people love horror that has these sort of Christian tropes in it because, it, I mean, especially in a country that has a lot of Christian people in it um, and it's America, we love punishment. So there's just something like, kind of built into uh horror tales that use Christian faith to tell these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. It's like good and evil, bad, you know, good guy, bad guy, God, the, the devil. war narrative. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. That there's something that we kind of easily wrap our heads around, but with Jewish faith, he was saying like, the Jews have more of a concept like that God is omnipresent, so even demons are like of God, and instead of being a punishment tool, they're used to teach lessons. So the de- so he in the in the interview I was reading with um, uh, Thomas with Keith Thomas, the director, he said that the demons work almost for God as well to try to scare you straight. So the question is when he goes to at the beginning, cause as we, as the story unfolds and we find out Yakov, he had a young brother. He was still part of the Orthodox community. They were like harassed on the street by, you know, some anti-Semitic assholes who like cut the curls off of the one off the little boy. And he like ran out in the street, got hit by a car. So like, you know, Yakov is dealing with like the death of his brother, grief, guilt, all this pain, and it sort of made him like ashamed. And, and I guess maybe we're supposed to infer that's part of the reason he left. Like he just couldn't deal with it. So he like left his community. So my, once you finish the film, I wonder if the Reb if Reb showed up, knowing that the creature was in there mm-hmm. and would scare him back into the fold. like and that he was the right person to do it. Because they knew it would latch on to him and scare him enough to come back. And then maybe yeah. they would form, you know, a mignon and get rid of it. And it'd be, you know, like the, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that, so I do think there's like, but it's weird because it's like, I also don't want to be like, is like this Orthodox Jewish community from the, cause the, you know, this Jewish writer and director is he making them like the bad guys like the mo- like they're framed like the mafia like you were saying like yeah. you know they're they're j- like him standing on the street and kind of the way that the guys are there and they're like yeah. f- walking around j- there's this weird like tone to them
1: it, yeah i uh, and then like when when he's going to like confront the mazik he like puts the the Tiflin and Talieson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And is like strapping up to go fight a demon. And, yeah. and so again, I think this is yeah. me. Cause he's
0: very fresh, I think leaving. Yeah. So he's very still in touch with those traditions yeah. and
1: tools. And, and, and I, it's interesting that you said that about like the, con, the, the Jewish conception or that this, this, kind of conception of demons still being of God, right? Because I think that's something that, that's something that Christians also forget is that like Lucifer was an angel. Right. Like Lucifer was, is of, is also born of God as well. Right. But there's or, a,
0: that, but there's a choice and your choice
1: yeah. can condemn you or. You it, exactly. And so I, I think it's interesting to also recognize that like that's probably part of my bias as well, because I do see this as a, I do see it from this kind of adversarial lens. Right. And it's interesting because in the the film, like, so the whole thing, we realize that Mr. Lettvik, Latvik. um, Oh,
0: right. The man who's died. uh, So that's a good, that's uh, a good point to clarify. Uh, Litvak. Litvak, uh, Litvak.
1: So like Mr. Litvak is someone who was a Holocaust survivor. He has, um. uh, Yakov finds a film, as you do in a horror as, film. As you always
0: do. You gotta have um, somebody, you know. He
1: found something. his, like, murder room. Wh- by m- Not murder conspiracy room, I should say, where, like, you know, all of the articles and pictures are all around and right. there's a, something yeah. on a loop. Everything
0: is explained. Uh, Everything out.
1: is explained. A lot of exposition. <laughs> uh, the room of exposition. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Kind of like the Conjuring as well, like you know, you're gonna find all those things that tell you exactly what's going on,
1: exactly, and how to kill it. That yeah. was the other fun right. thing. I was like, yeah. it was like this is how you kill it. This is what's happening. So yeah. the, the, the I couldn't do it, but you certainly can. Exactly. So the <laughs> mazic, the same night that it appears, has to be killed by burning its true face. Right. And because. Um, Mr. Lidvak did not do that when he first encountered it the magic is like with him haunting him essentially for the rest of his life
0: yeah um, well he was a child when it latched onto him because he was forced to do exactly um, like a horrible act by a Nazi you know kill yeah. another Jewish person and so that it, it attached itself to him then
1: and so it's interesting the because guilt and like the shame. I also for I also occasionally forget but I know it's the thing I occasionally forget that like the Jews don't believe in hell Like, there is no hell, I believe, uh, in Jewish tradition. Yeah,
0: that's uh, something that I I, I was reading. Um, You know, the Jewish conception of afterlife is not similar to, like, the Christian
1: version. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to kind of see that, like, now we're dealing with this demon who needs looking for a new host right yeah and someone who has who feels this you know guilt and shame and i think we're we're like it's it's interesting because like i was telling joshua afterwards i'm like so basically this is like jewish babadook right like we're dealing (laughs) with grief and shame (laughs) Uh, maybe a little bit more shame um and guilt what is that oh my gosh oh no my ipad went off um what uh, guilt and shame (laughs) sorry no it's okay we're keeping this all in it's part of the part of the mystery (laughs) um and it's interesting because it's like you know babadook is specifically grief this one you know mazik is (laughs) is definitely grief shame yeah, the horrors jokes. that
0: haunt people. Yeah. you know that the, there's a whole conversation that its heads twisted around because so it uh, stays focused on the past.
1: So we will always look back at its yeah. at its mistakes.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, and so when you're living your life like that, this is you know, it's obviously not a good thing. And that said, in the beginning too, where they're like, it's not about the fact that you left. Like, this is a common theme in this film. It's not that you left the Orthodox community. It's that you are moving forward. So don't focus on, like, what's behind. And, like, this is obviously about that. So the whole thing, it's like the demon is a lesson for Yakov to, like, it's a terrible thing that happened to his brother, obviously. But he's not, at the end of the day, responsible for the hatred of others. He's not responsible for the accident that, you know, happens, Uh, You know, I think that's part of that idea of, like, the teaching of it, that,
1: you know, it's supposed to help you move on. Exactly. And truly, what could he have done? Like, you know, his brother called out to him, but, like, what could he have done? He was paralyzed by shock and fear. I mean, like, just, you know, physiologically, psychologically. And speaking of psychologically, so that's the other thing that we're dealing with is uh, Yakov is taking medication for presumably some sort of psychosis
0: well no i think that i i think that what is going on is that yeah he's got like ptsd from like what happened and he's just not trusting himself and again that's a big thing in any in lots of different cultures of like oh taking medicine or doing something might be a bad thing you know you, like you should like either have a spiritual battle or just be strong enough to like beat your mind or your brain so who knows they don't really clear that up too much but they obviously hint at because he's like seeing and hearing things
1: they hint that maybe it's his yeah it's in his mind yeah they
0: intertwine that a little bit but they don't really clarify because the when the doctor's like well remember you know you're brother, like, died in, like, PTSD and we've talked about this, but then it turns out he's not actually talking to the doctor. He's talking to, you know, this demon. Yeah. So who knows if that is a reflection truly of what the doctor said to him in the past, showing up that way. That's one of those things where it, it is, it's blurry, but um, yeah, I think what we're supposed to get is that he probably already is kind of weird about the mental health of it all Mm -hmm. so of course when he's like hearing things it's like you know oh i'm running out of pill. like something is going on i i I, whatever i'm taking is caught is either you know one way or the other
1: and i appreciate you um clarifying because like i said psychosis because that was the first thing that i that i said but i'm not this is not to say that like people take medicine because of it's exclusively because of psychosis. Be no, certainly not. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I pre- I, I, who yeah.
0: knows he could, I mean, you could have such a traumatic thing happen to you that, I mean, he certainly could have some sort form of psychosis. Uh, he also could have that had, you know, been taking medication or something his whole life. If he was yeah. particularly, um, ill, like there are just some things like no matter how much you pray, they're not going to go away. Um, so but they don't clarify
1: it. Question for you as, uh, you know, someone who is an aspiring, you know, mental health professional, um when he's like telling his doctor hey i'm not doing well i'm hearing and seeing things like is is that a good choice like is that do you know i don't know how i'm trying to say this like is it a good choice for who for him to say like like because he instead of saying like hey i'm not doing well because like for me i feel like it's like hey i'm not doing well um, I need to see you. Or I need to talk to you. But he just comes right out and says, it's like, I'm hearing things. I'm seeing things. I'm running out of medicine. I need help. Like he's asking for help. So to me, that shows some sort of self-awareness or at least a desire to try to remedy what he's what he's what's going on with him
0: oh yeah no ten thousand percent if you are hearing or seeing things you should definitely call a doctor or go to an emergency room <laughs> yeah i don't think anything really bad can come of that now again it also depends on like are you violent because that's always gonna like unfortunately in our society uh we've still not yet figured out how to uh,
1: <laughs> offer mental health services outside of uh, <laughs> wellness checks outside of like, right, involving outside of the, like police the police
0: or, or, or commitment or like, you know, mm-hmm. putting somebody in jail or whatnot. So again, yeah. I mean, if you show up someplace and you're violent or you scare people, like, you know, it's there's, you know, it, that, that is unfortunate, but I still would always encourage people to, yeah, not call the police. I, if you're having a psychiatric episode, I would not call the police. I would call an ambulance. I would call 911 or I would, if you have the ability, go to an ER or find a friend who will take you to the ER. Absolutely. And you should tell people exactly what you're experiencing. I had that happen a lot of times in my old job where people would kind of call and it's like, listen be real with me, what exactly is happening? Like, it's not enough to call and be like, oh, I'm just not feeling right or I'm not feeling well. Like, what is happening specifically? Because then you get better guidance, you know? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people are just going to say, well, you know, the doctor will call you back within 48 hours or 72 hours or whatever, you know? And that might be not enough time, especially if you're feeling suicidal, homicidal, you're hearing things, experiencing audio and visual hallucinations then yeah he absolutely did the right thing in calling and saying <laughs> i don't know what the fuck's going on but uh there's like a shadowy demon creature following me around. Maybe I need to up my beds. Maybe I need a new dosage. (laughs) But of course, in the context of this film, it's real, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's the demon is real. So he's not, uh, his medication's not going to help him. (laughs) And we don't get clarification about why he's taking it other than, yeah, he's probably taking something for depression or, um, maybe depression, anxiety, you know, stuff with the PTSD. I mean, it's very traumatic, you know, I think, especially to not only be attacked, um you know by these assholes <laughs> these anti semites uh but then to also see your brother like be uh you know have like his like curls cut off like he you know he's and then hit by a car i mean the whole thing like there's just a lot of trauma built into that no. moment so um but again the the film is a little confusing on that end because he immediately jumps to talking about his meds in conjunction with seeing and hearing things. So it makes me think like, well, maybe he has experienced that before. And either that's something that's old Mm -hmm. or something that started happening after his brother died. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about that particular, like, you know, if Mm -hmm. you saw something like that, could you develop like Mm -hmm. psychotic? You haven't read his chart. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not sure if that's enough to bring on You know, like the depression of that is enough to make you like see and hear things as if you you were schizophrenic. Because the thing of like sitting in front of the screen, he was watching the movie and then she's like talking to him from the screen. Like if that was happening, I would say that was that's probably like a schizophrenic sort of feature, you know, where you think Mm -hmm. the TV is sending you messages or is talking to you. Um, But again, in this film... That's exactly what is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's about the demon and not and not mental health. But they do make that murky in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So But yes, 100%, dear listener, if you're experiencing anything like that, please call call your doctor, call the ER, get yourself some help. That's it's it's a good choice. <laughs> um All right, so let's see. What else did I have on the list? Because you hit that. That was something I had written down. Um, Yeah, I guess I just kept kind of thinking about The Exorcist because The Exorcist also, I mean, is about like that crisis of faith that Karis is having and he loses his mother. And so it's restored when he goes to battle the demon. Mm -hmm. But in the end of this, Yaakov does not return to, you know, like he's offered... To be like, you know, why don't you join us for morning prayers? And like, instead of being like further resolved and that might be why at the end, it's not too clear, but you kind of see the shadowy figure walk down the stairs and starts to follow him down Mm -hmm. the block, but it's all blurry. The baby, there is a little bit more to that conversation about like the demon latched onto him and is trying to get him to return to his faith. And so because he makes that choice not to go back, that's why it continues to follow him later. Yeah, but I don't know if the <laughs> I like, don't know is but that the, uh, that's not very happy either. That's gonna follow him until he re- returns to the Orthodox. Yeah, it's community. like it
1: follows, but it's you know it, it's a grief demon. Um, and, and and here's the thing too, like when he at the very end when you know the the mortuary people are taking uh, Mr. Lidvack away yeah. and uh, Reb comes back. Yakov's comment is not about is not a no. Like he's just like but not today is what he That's said. That's true, yeah. So yeah. there's still some you know from a uh, if I was if I was Reb I'd still think that there was maybe some hope but you know he's like but just not today like I need to go do my own thing and and then he calls up uh whatever her name is uh Sarah, right? Yeah. Uh, he calls up Sarah or text Sarah and is all like, you know, let's go get some coffee. Um, but I, you're right in thinking, you're right in saying that like that shadowy figure that comes down is like very, it's very ominous. We're going to get the vigil too.
0: Right. It's, I'm just not sure what in the end it's trying to say, like, yeah. you know, culturally, like, you know, at the end of like the exorcist, Karis is, you know, the demon gets into him and he jumps out the window to like, end it or whatever uh although the character of him you know shows up again later but
1: i I think it's a similar comment like the babadook Mm. where it's like it will all it's the demon now has a place to live but he it's manageable
0: yeah maybe he knows how to yeah exactly that's a good point where they kind of keep it in the you know and that is how grief and depression sometimes and other, you know, other things of that nature. You, you, there are things that, that you live with and sometimes they knock a little louder. And sometimes, that, you know, if you're managing them properly, and that's kind of, that's what he says here. It's like uh, for Yaakov, it's less about something coming to take his soul and more about him having to face his own fears and having to deal with stuff he hasn't dealt with properly. A Jewish demon wouldn't want to drag you to hell so much as help you get to heaven. Uh, it may be through some very tough love scaring you straight in a way. That's what I was talking about earlier. Um, and if you're smart about it, and you wrestle with your own failings or your faith, you can find your way out. Um, they will, in some way, help you. They're just making you make that decision faster than you would have. It's uh, subtle in the film, but an interesting angle that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. That's from uh, the director. Um uh, oh, and here he did say, this is a horror film first. It happens to be told through a Jewish lens, but I really want it to be universal. I wanted it to feel like The Exorcist did to me when I was a kid. I didn't understand any of the Catholic rites or the Latin. I didn't know what they were doing necessarily, but I got it. I wanted that same sort of thing.
1: All and- cultures... Oh, go ahead. I would say, and in that, he's successful. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, all cultures have had trauma and had to deal with guilt and their own personal demons. I thought if we hit those universal universal themes and get the traditional scares, then it will appeal broadly. And if you happen to be Jewish or familiar with this community, uh, you could see subtler stuff that will resonate. That's kind of what you were talking about earlier that there's, you know, you think there's obviously something happening here that, you know, we're not seeing is not part of like this.
1: And that's what I really wanted.
0: Yeah. Um, but again, you'd have to do that work probably yourself, you know?
1: Oh yeah, I would have to like, you know, Like go they can do,
0: that's yeah. not something that I think the film could even do.
1: No, and I think that's, again, it has to be you You either, it's insidery. Like it's yeah. it's when I watched Crazy Rich Asians and one of the characters said, uh, come inside and enjoy the air con. And I like fell out of my chair because that is such a specific term yeah. for air conditioning <laughs> that like, I don't hear anybody who's not like, looks like one of my relatives say yeah so again but like that's uh, and that's why it's important you know I'm not wrapping up, but like you know, that's why it's important to have like representation and people tell these very specific stories because of how broadly they can appeal, and this is how we empathize with other people from different cultures and different life experiences. Because ultimately, we're all kind of you know living similar lives, and you know we're all electrified sacks of meat. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a very beautiful, Joe. I mean, I was wrapping up, so um, or I was going to start wrapping up. So that's actually really a good uh, place to leave it because I don't... Th- I think this film can be enjoyed by anybody. I definitely enjoyed it. I will probably watch it again because I liked how atmospheric it was. I really liked the soundtrack. There's some really cool electronica um, happening in it. Uh, also, some interesting remixing of stuff that sounded like... Um, like Hebrew... like choirs or something. I don't know, but they were like mixing them in really interesting ways. There was just some really cool stuff happening in the music. Uh, and again, like I said, it was very atmospheric, creepy. There was some nice camera like shifts, you know, where it was doing weird bendy things. So I enjoyed the look of it. So yeah, I will definitely probably watch it again. Um, but I think that it's, I mean, it's pretty rote. I've seen the movie several times, you know, I mean, in the sense of like, I, I have seen this movie, you know, the, uh, the exorcist laid a really nice, template for these kinds of stories years ago. And we've seen those echo and echo and echo, you know, up till now over the last, you know, however many years, I don't even want to think about it, (laughs) how old The Exorcist is. Uh, And uh, obviously, you know, for thousands of years before that, with, you know, like biblical shit that we have. So (laughs) it's not, you know, these are not, it's not a new story being told at all, but it is through a very specific lens that was really cool and introduced some things that we are not, used to seeing and telling a story that yeah is not necessarily about crime and punishment or you know, going to hell for being a bad person like this is a very sad person you know who has to fight his demons to to move forward and to live life and though that is something i think that can resonate with all of us uh, especially this holiday season where you're going to be a lot around, you know, your relatives, you know, uh, and and all of their children demons.
1: <laughs> it's a good and time. And it's perfectly okay for you to not see them, especially if they're not vaccinated, not boosted. That's right. We like continue, a, that yeah, continue that validation. Yes. Continue that validation. Don't don't out of don't force yourself into uncomfortable situations you know don't be like unless they're going to give you five hundred dollars there you go that's the ultimate lesson of the vigil is like don't go back and do something that potentially is re-traumatizing unless they're going to pay you for it
0: there we go i like it that's that's the lesson we learned this holiday season thank you scrooge the
1: the lesson of the vigil is fuck you pay me fuck you pay me yeah um
0: is that anti-semitic joe
1: I mean, you, I'm not going to take it there, but, like, all I right. mean... He, well, I'm going to think on this. He did, I mean, he... he no, I know it
0: is what yeah, he says. Yeah. Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> uh, all righty. Well, um, yay. It is the holiday week. We do hope that you enjoy... Uh, you know, if you practice the Christmas at least is this week, I know there's still a bunch of other uh, holidays that are happening, but yeah. if you, if you do the Christmas one the
1: solstice, the, yes, the solstice this is
0: going to be here all night divine, you know, all holy night, the longest night, <laughs> the longest night,
1: divine. Gryla and her, you know, <gasps> yes, I lads. love
0: her. She's yeah. great. Um,
1: the Yule cat is going to come and eat you for not wearing your Christmas clothing. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah. I think your Christmas sweaters, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Gryla and the cat. They can the Yule cat. They they're they're they're
1: great. Uh There's like that one wh- What's the one with the the like the skull head, the is it the one in the Welsh one, Bryn Mar? I don't know. Oh, Bryn Mar. <laughs>
0: Lord. <laughs> no, yeah, you're talking about the Mer Mer Mer
1: Mer It's Brinmor, right? Like It's <laughs> <That's> Brinmor. <laughs> you're so silly. Um yeah, those people, like those people are great. Yeah,
0: no, you're talking about the uh, oh yeah, the Welsh, the was folk custom. The uh, Mary Lou, I don't know how you say it.
1: Mary Lou Henner, right? We're <laughs> from taxi It's
0: M A R I L W Y D.
1: Marilyn or it's Welsh, though it's probably Marshallif. Oh, that's true. Yes.
0: It's probably as a a pronunciation that's that we that we can't
1: understand. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna keep calling it Brynmar. Okay. We're all, Brynmar we're all is coming have... for you. Mazel with the fucking, you know, skull.
0: Oh, Mrs. Mazel. Oh, I was gonna talk about that earlier with Sophie Lennon. She's kind no. of like that sort of character.
1: Like uh, a matic?
0: No, like <laughs> like a character, you know. Oh, like, yes, yes, yes. You go? We're gonna have new Mrs. Mazel.
1: We are. Just can't wait. You.
0: Mary Lloyd. That's what this person says.
1: Mary Lloyd.
0: Mary Lloyd. Anyways, oh my gosh, we have to end (laughs) this. Thank you all so much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, We will see you again very very soon.
1: Bye.